it's awesome just to see um, what God has done uh, here at Grace Bible ProSide, or ProSide, I guess you call it now. And um, when we were there at Momilani, and I, I didn't share this with any of the other uh, services, but I, one of the, the uh, st- memories that I'm never going to forget in ProSide was Pastor Billy. Do you know he, he leads worship? Pastor Billy is a worship leader. But one of the things that happened uh, there at Pro City, there was a, a, a time in the classroom where there was a, like a manifestation, someone is manifesting like evil spirits and stuff. And, and he, as a high schooler, jumped in and uh, ministered to that person in the classroom. And then the news of that went around and there was this huge revival at ProSide because of what happened as the call was on his life as a high school student. So it was amazing. And now he's Dr. B and uh, no longer in Momilani. And just to see what God is doing here is amazing. And it's uh, just an honor to be here with you. So um, thank you so much for partnering with us and standing with us in uh, one of the most difficult times that we've ever had as a congregation. And, um, and uh, Pastor Billy invited me to come and, and share and to jump into the series on Ohana. And um, this is a picture of my Ohana. This is a picture of my family. Um, my wife was here for the first uh, couple services, and then she went with a friend. They went, uh, they, she grew up in, from, in Farrington. She's a Farrington girl. I met her in uh, Grace Bible uh, college age, and that's my oldest uh, daughter. She is at Whitworth, and my son is at Portland Bible, and then my other two, Asen and Paige, uh, they're still with us at home, and uh, I love my dog, Hoku. He's there in the, in the weeds. Um, but thank you so much for uh, standing with us and, and helping us. $200,000 that uh, your church raised, and in the past week, um, our our church was able to give about 300000 Every penny that comes through our church is going straight to the uh, Lahaina victims, and 300000 plus uh, was given straight to Lahaina families, uh, hand-delivered checks from about 120 members of our church. And so it's not just, you know, giving them uh, money, but it's being hand-delivered by our congregation and the feedback that we got from it because when we were writing, it took us a whole week to write out these checks, uh, you can imagine, and uh, it was only $500 per family that we had enough uh, to, to go in the beginning, and more of these requests were coming in, and we wanted to save a little bit for later, and I said, you know what, just like everything that we get, uh, don't, let's not worry about tomorrow. Let's, everything that we have, let's give it, and so as we started just writing out checks and even going beyond what the money was that we had coming in, God just started providing, and, and now there's hundreds and hundreds of thousands more that we are going to distribute again. And uh, as we were giving those checks out, I was like, I didn't think that it, was, it would impact anybody because it was only 500 per family at the time. And as we were writing the checks out, um, I felt like I didn't want to insult anyone because they just lost everything that they had. And so we gathered all our team together on a Friday night, and we said, we just want to hear the stories of how this impacted the families in Lahaina. And people were coming up and sharing that, you know, by the third, fourth person that they gave checks out to, they were just broken because of seeing how it affected uh, these families' lives. But they said that the gratitude that they felt from the people, that after they had lost everything, and they had nothing except the clothes on their backs, and and they were applying for, you know, FEMA and Red Cross, and there's so much red tape that they couldn't get anything. And, and the church was the first responder. The church was the first one there to give resources to these families. And they said after losing everything, 
just a $500 check. The, it wasn't the amount, but it was the heart behind it. And they were telling story after story of how people were breaking down and so grateful for the heart that was communicated through that gift. And so I just want to say thank you. Like, you were the ones that were a part of that. You were the ones that helped us and, and gave us the privilege to represent Christ to our community. So if you'd give yourselves a hand, you just really honored to partner with uh, ProSide in that. Um, and one of the things that we saw is, you know, this message, this series that you guys are going through in Ohana Matters, we, I listened to the first uh, two sermons that you guys went through, and having Christ at the center and having the Word of God be the authority of the family, we're witnessing firsthand the difference between families that are founded on the Word of God that have lost everything, and then families that their whole life was based on the possessions that they had. And the ones that based their lives on the possessions that they had, they're coming, five people committed suicide in the first week because their life was on the wrong foundation. And when that foundation was taken out, they had no hope left. But you have other people who their families are, are founded on the word of God and God is at the center. And the hope, it's a tangible difference between the two types of families. And so I just want to encourage you that as you're going through this series and, and we're being taught on the importance of putting Jesus at the center and putting the word of God at the center, that it really is a matter of life and death. Like when you take the word of God seriously and, and he's not in addition to your life, but he becomes the center, it is the difference between life and death. Not only is it the difference between life and death, but, but it's not just a priority of putting family, uh, having family as a high priority, but the purpose of family. When we understand that God's purpose for our lives is to serve one another and to be like Christ, it makes all the difference. So uh, this morning, I'll be sharing on the purpose of the family is to be like Christ and be selfless uh, in our in our lives to one another. Um, let's, let's pray and then we'll jump into it. God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for this church and the privilege and honor it is to be here uh, with family. And God, you've called us as a church family, even as we started this year off praying for miracles and, and we've seen so many miracles just in the last few weeks, even in this disaster. Uh, God, I thank you, Lord, that you've partnered us together to see your will accomplished on Maui and your kingdom advance. God, I pray that you'd speak to us, change and transform our hearts and lives as we jump into your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Um, the highest call is to be like Christ. A lot of times we can get that mixed up. We can think the highest call is to have a nice house or to have a nice car or to have status in our lives. But our, the highest call that God has called his children to is to represent him and to be like him in our character. Uh, the highest call is to be like Christ. Let's read this scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Philippians 2, 5 through 10. Jesus came, and he came from heaven as the Son of God, and he shed his godhood and clothed himself with humanity, and he left everything to serve to serve us and to provide a model of what we should do, what we can do. And during the Lahaina incident, one of the starkest images that I, I will always remember in my mind is everybody had to leave, and they had to leave quickly with just the clothes on their backs. And the stories that were coming out of Lahaina was that the fire came down so quickly that a lot of them didn't even have cars, and the cars got all jammed up on French Street and in that area. So a lot of them had to come out and walk, and there was a caravan of people that were walking, and right out of uh, Lahaina town, there's a place called Puamana, and they came out to Puamana with only the clothes on their backs, and then they had to evacuate even further to Oluwalu, and then again to, uh, or to Laniapoko, and then again to Oluwalu. And so if you can imagine all of these people that are walking with no possessions, everything just got taken from them, all of their homes burned to the ground, and they're all just walking with the clothes on their back. And one of those people uh, was a businessman that I had gone to Myanmar with a couple of years ago, sold his business for a really good amount, just paid off his house, had a ohana, uh, was all set up to retire, and everything got taken. And as he was walking, he's walking alongside of people who were homeless, along people that were renters of homes, along people that were uh, owners of homes, some that had multiple homes, and, but they're all the same, and they're all walking with nothing, just the clothes on their backs. And I realized that that is a picture of every single one of us. We were born with nothing, and we will die with nothing. It doesn't matter what we accumulate in life, we will leave everything behind. And the only difference between us is, did we take what we had and did we give it away, or was it taken away? And so 100% of everything that we have will be taken away from the selfish, but 100% of the things that we have will be given by the selfless. And Jesus, he provided a model for us to follow, that when he left, he left and he gave everything. There was nothing that he had left. He died empty. He gave his body. His body was torn. His body was broken. His blood was shed. And at the, at the very last sentence, he said, God, into your hands I commit my spirit. He gave even his spirit, trusted his spirit to God when his body was broken. And that's the call for every single one of our lives is that God wants us to be a model, a reflection of the selflessness of Christ. How many, how many are excited about that? Are you excited about that? It's, it's a very high calling, but it's the one that God calls us to, to live selflessly. And we're going to die. Our gravestone is going to be the same as everyone else's. God created us, but we have a promise that's greater than this life. Amen? That if we give and we live in a way that's selfless, we're not living for this world. We're living for the life to come. And everything that we give away is stored up. 
as a treasure in heaven. Amen? How many of you want to think long-term and live for heaven and not this world? God created us to be in his image. We are not complete alone. Turn to the person next to you. Tell the person next to you, together we look like Christ. And turn to the other person that's sitting next to you. Say, together we look like Christ. No one looks like Christ alone. You don't look like Christ alone. I don't look like Christ alone. The only way that we accurately reflect Christ is when we serve one another in love, and that becomes a picture of Christ. Let's read the scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, increase in number, fill the world, and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and over the living creatures that move on the ground. Genesis 1, 27, 28. And one of the things that I've seen over and over in uh, what we're going through in Lahaina is that the, the picture of Christ happens when his people serve one another and serve one another in a heart of love. And because that's the purpose of our lives, it attracts the power of God. His purpose attracts his power. And we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. One of the things that I've seen is that these relationships, these relationships in where we're trying to serve one another, it's relationships that have been built over decades of time. And with Pearlside, you'll hear over and over again, invest your life in small groups. Be intentional about your relationships. And what we've seen is that relationships, they, they can't happen overnight. It doesn't happen quickly. It takes time for these relationships to be established. But when crisis happens and when tragedy strikes, the relationships that have been built over decades of time, those are the bridges that resources flow over. Those are the bridges that open doors flow over. Those are the bridges that miracles happen through. And so I really want to encourage you. Dig. There's a saying that says, dig your well before you're thirsty. Dig your well before you're thirsty. For, be intentional about building those relationships because there are going to be trials. There are going to be tragedies. There are going to be times that unanticipated struggles will happen in life. And it's in those times that you, you want to have these connections and these relationships that are built. One of the uh, pastors in Lahaina, her name is Sarah, and she pastors a church called Citizen Church. And she would drive over an hour every single month into our pastor's gathering of prayer. And it's not a convenient trip to make, but she made it. And as busy as she was, she would make it and build with us. And we would pray together and be there for each other. There's another pastor uh, Pastor Herman, my dad, different ones. And when this whole thing broke out, the first person I called was Pastor Sarah. And I said, Sarah, what do you guys need? What's going on in Lahaina? And she said, we don't have any water. We need water. We don't have any gas. All the gas stations blew up and are gone. We need gas. We need propane. If you guys can send food, bring food. And so she was like letting us know what she needed. And, but we couldn't get in there. We couldn't get to Lahaina because everything was blocked off. But we had a, 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 a per, the captain of the police department in Kihei comes to my small group. So I called him up and I said, hey, we need help. How do we get into Lahaina? And he said, call this one person. So we called that person and that, that person said, if you have resources, we will escort you 
uh, pass all the barricades into Lahaina. And so we networked with them, and one of our, uh, our intercessory team has been going in every single month praying for the police department, praying for the fire department, building trust with them. And so after, when all of this happened, they had a trust for the church because there's ministry that was happening there for, for, many, uh, for a couple of decades. And so they began escorting uh, the church in. And, and so we uh, would give all of the, the meals and the, the food and, and uh, the water to the police department, and then they would distribute it to the fire department and to the EMTs so that they could do their job. So the church was resourcing our first responders so the first responders could minister to the community. And because there was trust there, they said, we have our hands full, but we know that you have resources for people inside and we trust you, so go ahead, go beyond our barrier and take everything that you need into the, uh, the citizen church there. So that's what we were doing for a couple of, of days. And then all hell broke loose because they opened up the barriers and all the residents were able to go back in, but there was there's so much chaos because people were looking for their loved ones and didn't know that there was arsenic and, uh, and asbestos and uh, live power lines and different things. And so uh, all the police's resources were taken to help these residents. And there's all this blame you know, that you might hear on social media. Uh, just know everybody from the police and the mayor and everybody were doing their best during this time. Everyone wanted to do their best and, and was doing their best. And it was in that time that we had volunteers and I think Billy came the, the day after uh, this happened. And you guys are so generous in sending your pastors on the ground. He was delivering uh, food to people on Maui and it was so encouraging that not just resources, but you guys are here like on Maui helping our community, it was amazing. And, um, and such, thank you for, for coming. Um, where was I? Um, oh, so there's all these volunteers, hundreds of meals made, about six trucks uh, full of, of resources that we were ready to send. And the police called and said, we don't have any escort. Lahaina is being shut down. All of our manpower is being used to help what's going on, at, on on the ground. And so you cannot come in. And at the same time, we're talking to pa Pastor Sarah, and she's saying, we need water, we need gas, we need propane, we need meals, and we have it, but we couldn't get it there. And so we broke up and we prayed, and we were like, God, help us. We have all of this stuff. We needed to get it to, to our brothers and sisters on the other side of the island. Please make a way. And it was, we were out in the parking lot. I was talking to uh, two commercial fishermen that were there that evening, and they said, John, even with uh, the big boats that we have, it's going to take us at least three trips going back and forth to get these supplies out. There's only two boats that have the capacity to take these, these resources over, and it wasn't even five minutes after he had said that, that one of the previous captains of the Pacific Whale Foundation, a 65-foot catamaran, uh, pulls up into our church parking lot and says, would you guys happen to need any uh, transportation to the west side? We're taking our boat out, and we can take everything that you guys have out with us. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what we need. And, um, and we have pictures of that. Um, and it's moments like that that we realize 
you can have all the resources, you can have all the manpower, you can have all the different things, but it's the power of prayer that opens up the doors for these resources to get to the people. And you might be in a place where you're like, I wish I could do more, I wish I could give more, I wish I could go there. But let me tell you, the most powerful thing that you can do is pray. There's, there's needs that people have that are much more than material. This is just an example of what God did to open up the connections and open up the doors to get resources to people that needed it. But there's other people that are struggling with suicide thoughts, people that are totally hopeless, that have no, no plans for the future or no, they don't know what's going to happen tomorrow and they're just giving up in hopelessness. And it's the power of prayer of his people, his church, that is providing and sustaining our island. And so I really want to encourage you, don't underestimate the power of prayer. Your prayers are powerful and they do make a difference. God hears because when his people match the purpose of him, which is to give and to love selflessly, it attracts his power. And we've seen that over and over again. We cannot do it alone. We need one another. And when we work together, it is a, a reflection of the image of Christ. That that captain that pulled up in our parking lot, he was actually a friend from decades that helped us with youth camps and with, he's a youth pastor of a different church and he no longer works with those companies, but he had a relationship with us and all of the relationships of God's people working together provides a beautiful picture of the body of Christ and who Jesus is, amen? Um, family teaches us selflessness. Let's read the scripture together. One, two, three. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. One of the things that we see is that family, ohana, is God's university of selflessness. That it's through family that we become more and more selfless. How many of you have become more selfless since you've been married? You want to raise your How many of you have you seen your spouse become more selfless since you've been married? When I was, when I was in college, I thought I was the most Christ-like person until I got married. And I, and I thought, because when you're in college, you can do anything that you want, whenever you want. If you want to go to a late night movie, you can go to a late night movie with your friends. If you want to go surfing, you can go surfing whenever you want. Anything that you want to do, you're like the boss of your life. And you think, like I thought in my mind, who's the lucky girl? <laughs> and, and when I got married, I no longer could do whatever I wanted Whenever I wanted, I now had somebody that I had to check in with. And I had to ask permission to go to the movies with my friends or to go surfing or to do it. And I, I was like, man, I thought I, was, I thought I was a pretty good person. But after I got married, I realized I was just a real selfish person. And God started cutting away the selfishness in my life. And then you have kids. And kids are just a whole nother level because you're not just giving up your 
your movies and your surfing, but you're giving up your sleep and your money and your everything, you know? And God, he has this university of selflessness called the family, and he tricks us thinking, you think you're going to go into family and feel better for yourself, but really, you get into family, and it's his university for making you like Christ. And if you realize that the whole purpose of family and getting married and having kids and all, it, it is fulfilling, but it's only fulfilling if you surrender your own rights and realize that the whole purpose of family is to make you more selfless, to make you more like Christ. And then you graduate from level to level to level till finally you're a grandparent. And how many of you think that your grandparent is like one of the most Christ-like people? Like grandparents... They live for their grandkids. They live to give, right? Because they've gone through the whole school of selflessness. But if we don't have the perspective that family is for giving, family is for me becoming more like Christ, whenever somebody interrupts what we want, we might think of them as the obstacle. Oh, you're not making me happy enough. You're not making me feel fulfilled. There must be something wrong with you. I, I, I need to find someone else. And then not learning the lesson, you don't graduate to the next level and then go to the next person and bring the same problems. And we never get to the place where God wants us to be, which is a, a place of selflessness. And um, one of the things that we see in, in, in family is that God has different roles for us. And one of the big things that, can I just tell you a story that, help me understand this, because my wife is a feeler, I'm a thinker, and a lot of times she says things that make no sense. How many, like, um, and she's not here. She went out with her friends, so I can say whatever I want. Um, but she's a feeler, I'm a thinker, and, um, and I recognize that's very important because, you know, when you go to a stove and you put your hand on a stove and it looks like it's, it's not glowing red, but your hand goes there and it's like, whoa, there's still, it's, there's heat here, Right? It doesn't look like it. Logically, it doesn't look like it, but the body feels and keeps you away from danger. And a lot of times, our wives or intercessors in the church or different ones feel things, and it might not make logical sense, but when we work together, it communicate, it, it makes us effective in the mission that God has for us. Um, one time, we were painting our house, and, and I wanted to go to Home Depot and get paint for our house. And my wife said, no, let's go to Habitat for Humanity. And immediately I was like, that makes no sense because Habitat for Humanity only has like these small little, you know, like there's blue here and there's red here and there's yellow here. And, and I, I was like, no, I want my house all the same color. Like my, my wife's from Farrington, she's Filipino. And I, I, I said, you know, I, 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 I honor and I love Filipino, but I don't want Filipino colors on my house. I, I want one, one color. And... Um, and so we're going, and she's like, but it's cheap. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'll pay a little bit more for one color. And we get to the stoplight, and then she says, fine then. And how many of you know fine then is not fine then? <laughs> and, I, and so the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, listen to your wife. So I said, okay, let's go to Habitat. So we go to Habitat, and when we get there, there's these hu a huge pallet full of enough paint to paint our whole house, but there was no tint, right? So I'm like, and pennies on the dollar. So I said, wow, I'm so glad I listened to my wife. 
And I called, I called Home Depot and I said, hey, I, I, I bought this paint from Habitat for Humanity. Can you tint it to the color that I want? And she said, you know, we have a policy that all the paint that we give away, we don't tint it. But because we dropped it off only five minutes ago, we will tint it for you and we will do it for free. I was, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and so we went to Home Depot, they tinted our paint, and that stuck in my head because my wife feels certain things. I think, and it's not that we have to run in our lanes, we have to respect each other's lane for things to work out. And family is a test bed of how to live selflessly and how to live with one another to serve one another because God will take us out into other areas where we will use that same mindset of serving others. And so in this whole situation with Lahaina, one of the things that were happening was we were doing all of these things on the ground, resourcing the first responders, taking food and all this stuff. And the community was just you know, coming together in ways that were just amazing, like people donating flatbed trucks and hundreds of gallons of gas and, and you know, the police opening up different ways that we could get places. And, and in that, you know, people are coming up to me and saying, hey, there's this guy that is just taking videos of Lahaina and he, he's raising like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this other person that is, you know, is just this little girl that she's raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. We need to get on social media because people want to give and they're going to be giving to the wrong people and we're the ones that are working. And, and I just had anxiety for a little while and I brought it before God and God said, run in your lane. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about what they're doing. You just focus on what you're doing. And don't be critical of what they're doing. In time, money will go to the right place. Money, it, just pray. And so, long story short, we found out that the guy that was videotaping everything, he was a member of Pastor Herman's church. And he raised over $800,000 and then started coming under scrutiny where people were saying, well, what are you doing? And so he called Pastor Herman up, a guy that was in our prayer circle, and said, we want to give this money. We don't know how to distribute this. We got it all, but we don't know how to distribute it into the community. We want to give it into the church's hands because your churches have the network into the community, and we want to give all of this money to the churches. And so all of that $800 flowed into the different churches that were around that table that would pray together and then the, the girl that raised all this money as well, her parents called our church and said, we're building tiny homes and we want to use the tiny homes that, that we're building through this money. We want to be able to put it on your church property. And we have about eight acres that we're praying and asking God, what do we do to minister to the Lahaina residents with this property? And that could be an answer. And so we're seeing that everybody has, and they're Christians, you know, God is raising up believers, sons and daughters in our community to be the solution to the problem that we're seeing. It's so amazing that even in a heartbreaking situation like this, and, and people have gone through real loss, real pain, lost loved ones, but even in that pain, like, we're seeing a reflection of Christ in his people. It's so, so powerful. Family teaches us selflessness. Amen? And then the last thing is God, God's family is revealed in suffering. God's family is revealed in suffering. I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, his glory 
is on you. His glory is on you. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. How are God's children going to be revealed? God's children are everywhere. How are they going to be revealed? It says, we know now that the whole creation is groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. For, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. In 2018, there was all of these different things that happened in Hawaii. There was, how many of you remember the missile crisis? How many of you remember where you were when the text message came in that there was a missile headed toward Hawaii? Do you guys remember that? Church was packed the week after. But it wasn't just a missile crisis. There was Hurricane Lane in 2018 that created the same winds. And Lahaina, there was a huge Lahaina fire that, that burned a bunch of homes, but it wasn't to the extent of what we saw recently. There was the flooding. How many remember the flooding in 2018? That there was cars and homes, even here on Oahu, that were that were underwater because of the mudslides and everything that happened. That same year, there was Kilauea that erupted, remember? And that whole community got overtaken by the lava. And during that time, God spoke this verse, that all creation groans in anticipation for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. And it says that it, the creation groans in birth pangs, the thing about birth pangs is it becomes more intense and more frequent. The contractions get more intense and more frequent. How many have gone through birth pangs, have spouses that have gone through birth pangs? My wife reminds me constantly, whenever we have an argument, she always wins because she ends it with, I gave birth to your kids. But birth pangs become more intense and more frequent. And the end result of that is new life. It's the manifestation of a new life. And, you, and the birth pangs are so painful, but once the baby is born, you almost forget about the birth pangs. And we're seeing devastations happening you know, all over the world. We saw Morocco, we saw Libya, Lahaina, the hurricane in Florida, it's becoming more intense and more frequent. But what is, what's happening? We're seeing the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. The churches are rising up in all of these areas. And, and hearing about it and being at ground zero is a different experience because all of these people from all over the world are coming. And we're hearing stories about churches in Louisiana, churches in in. Um, New Orleans, churches in all of these different places that have experienced natural disaster that have risen to the call and many people have come to know the Lord through it. And, and I was talking to God about it and I felt like God defined for me or clarified for me, like birth pangs don't create the church. Birth pangs are a result of sons and daughters already being there. When there's birth pangs that are happening in the world, it's because his sons and daughters are already existing in those places 
And as creation goes through these natural disasters, God's children are being revealed. It's, and I've seen it being revealed in ways that are so, so powerful. Um, Nani Vickers, she came and she spoke with your church years ago. And she is a widow of Craig Vickers, a Navy SEAL that died in a helicopter crash in Afghanistan. And it was a widely publicized uh, event where SEAL Team 6 was, was taken out. And her husband was on the helicopter. And at the time that her husband died, she was pregnant with her youngest. And she had three kids and lost her husband to that war and had to raise those three kids herself. It was one of the most tragic things, doing her fu the funeral for her husband and then helping walk uh, that family through that process. And so much pain, and still a lot of pain and grief. And last year, the wife of one of the men in my small group, he went out for a run and was hit by a drunk driver and instantly killed. And I got the phone call at 11 o'clock and went down to the bottom of the hill where he was hit and saw her there crying. The chaplain told me that, that uh, Chris had passed away. And then we had to go and let her two boys, um, her, her two young boys know that her dad, their dad wouldn't be coming home. And these two women that went through these massive losses, during this time that Lahaina has gone through this trauma and this disaster, they have risen up as the strongest heroes in our church. Nani, she housed over 10 people that first week, and she got a chance to minister to them and shared. During, she, she, was, she was telling me that she sat a, a man down with his daughter, and, and she said, that, my biggest regret is that I didn't receive love. I didn't receive help from people when they wanted to help me because I wanted to show that I was strong. But these people just wanted to show that they love me. And as she shared that, this grown man just broke down in tears crying. And, and she said, let me, can I pray for you? And she was able to pray for him and minister to him. And Catherine, the, the wife of, of Chris, who, whose husband was killed by a drunk driver, she has been a hero and a champion in this. Like she's a single mother with two young boys and she was housing 40 residents in that first week. And she's been the largest distributor of checks in our congregation to the, the families in Lahaina. And what I saw there is that I felt sorry for them. I felt bad for them in their loss, but God was preparing them for this. And they became the strongest champions during a time when people needed it the most. And it was the pain of the Lahaina fires that surfaced the strength of these two women. And you might be going through pain. You might have gone through your own loss, your own suffering. But there's something that God is doing in your heart and your life and creating you, creating within you strength because he's preparing you to be revealed at a certain time. There's going to be needs that surface around you. And if you realize that that every pain and every suffering and every loss that you have felt is preparing you and giving you strength to be one that is a champion and a hero to provide for someone else. You'll see God use you and all the pain that surfaces in our world will be 
just birth pangs to reveal and manifest the power that God has placed in your life. He's, he's called us church for this moment. And even though there's a lot of devastation going on, God shows himself real. There's, I, I want to end with this story. Um, one of the pastors in Lahaina lost his church, and so they're meeting in our church right now. And, um, and I was sitting with him at lunch, and I was, the first question I asked him is, are your congregation members okay? Did you lose anyone in the fire? And he said, miraculously, we didn't lose anyone in the fire. But there's a story of one woman that she's a 60-something-year-old woman that lived across the street from the church. She didn't have a car. She would walk everywhere to and from work. And he said that he went into her house, knocked on her door, tried to evacuate her. She wasn't there. And so he only had time to jump in his car and leave. And for several days, the church was looking for her trying to call her, trying to text her. There was no communication. They didn't know where she was. And finally, she was found in Kahalui. And when they asked her what had happened during that time, she said that when she came out, there was all of this fire and smoke, and she didn't know where she was. She got disoriented, and she ended up at the entrance of a bathroom. And so she walked into the bathroom, and she said she put a towel over her head and just began to pray. And she was praying in that bathroom for a whole day. It was through that first night of the fires and into the next day. And she said when she came out, the only thing that was standing was that bathroom. When we took that boat to deliver uh, the goods to Lahaina, we were passing Lahaina Harbor. And as we were passing Lahaina Harbor, I saw the structure of the Lahaina Harbor bathroom that was completely untouched. And it was such a weird thing to see because everything was flattened. Everything was ground level except this one green bathroom with a red roof. And so I took out my, my phone and I took a picture of it. And I, I was like looking at everyone on the boat and that's so weird. And I took a picture of it. And, and so I was sitting across from Pastor Jason and I, I took out my phone and I scrolled to the picture and this is the picture. I scrolled to the picture and I said, is this the bathroom? And he said, that's the bathroom. That's the bathroom that she was in. And so you can see everything just completely flattened. The boats were burning in the harbor. The courthouse on the left of it was it's a cement structure, but completely destroyed. I went on Google Earth just to, to, to see what this looked like from the satellites. And this is the picture from the satellite. You can see the red roof and everything else destroyed all around it. But there was a woman in that bathroom with a towel over her head praying. And I believe it's not just her prayers, but it was the prayers of everybody praying for Lahaina. And the power of prayer is an amazing thing. And we're not just, we're seeing two different things happen during this tragedy. And the, tra the two things is what Paul talks about. He says, that I might know him, that I might know him, the power of his resurrection, things like this, but also the fellowship of his suffering. And as hurtful as it is to see people going through suffering and pain and see people lose everything, there is a, there is a bonding and a fellowship 
that has happened between churches, between the members of our church, between the residents of Lahaina and, and Kahului, between your church and our church, that, and, and, and ultimately between us and the Lord, that even in suffering that we can trust him and believe that even if he slays us, even if there's disaster and things we don't understand, that yet will we praise him, yet will we declare his goodness, yet will we believe in his promises because we are not people that believe in our best life. Now, we believe in the power of the resurrection and every promise that he has made us, every promise is we have confidence that he will deliver and he will perform and he will be faithful to every promise that he has made. Amen. I want to close with this scripture, third closing. <laughs> and this, this is the scream theme scripture of Grace Bible Church. And even though you change your name to Pearlside, this scripture is for you. This comes from Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together and come to you. Your son shall come from afar. Your daughter shall be nursed at your side. And then you will see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. God, we just thank you, Lord, in this moment. Lord, that even in tragedy and even in what is seemingly a hopeless situation, God, that you are revealing the sons and daughters of your house. God, that there is a glory that is being seen, even as darkness is covering the earth, even as darkness is covering different ones' lives. God, that your glory is being revealed and seen in your church. And God, that in these last time, in these last moments of history, and as you've called us into your kingdom for such a time as this, God, that you're going to take what the enemy intended for evil, and God, that you will use it for your glory, that you will use it for good. And God, I just pray for ProSide Church as they're going through this series on Ohana Matters, Lord, that you will give the grace to each family to make you the center, to build the foundation on your word, Lord, that they would, that they would cause the purpose of the family to be to serve you in a selfless way that mirrors our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God, that you would use this church to reach and impact and extend your kingdom, both here and around the world. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 amen.